You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 254 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And how are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Uh, it's been a nice hot week. Still in the middle of festival season here in Montreal. I guess that's uh, pretty much the entire summer, isn't it? Well, and and my garden, of course. My garden's <laughs> been <Yeah>. productive this <laughs> this past week, as uh, I've shared with our team members here. Um, but we're happy to be in the studio today because last week we talked about goaltending. And this week we're talking about goaltending. You like goaltending. I like goaltending. Our listeners love goaltending. Uh, last week we talked about the the Canadians goaltenders on the pro side with Marty uh, Marty Baron. And this week we're talking about amateur goaltenders, the prospects, the guys in the in the pipeline that are uh, developing and and uh, and preparing uh, to come to Montreal. Yeah, maybe some guys that our fans haven't uh, heard of quite yet, uh, some guys that we drafted uh, in this past uh, NHL draft. So I'm sure everyone will be very excited to learn about uh, what we have coming up the pipelines. And we uh, needed but- an expert. To, to We needed an expert last week in Marty Buran. And from the comments, uh, it sounds like you enjoyed that episode. And this week, uh, we have a special guest. And uh, he's, a, he's a goaltending scout, uh, a head goaltending scout for FC Hockey. So he'll have all kinds of information. And maybe you don't, as you, as, uh, you said, Michael, maybe they're, they're not familiar with uh, uh, goaltending uh, prospects. And, and, uh, but uh, Sean Richardson is, and uh, he'll be here with us. So very excited to get to that interview in segment two. Uh, but here in segment one, we'll make sure we get you up to date on all things Montreal Canadiens. And then in segment three, we'll uh, turn it over to our listeners. That's uh, the Have Your Say segment. And our Canadians Connection question of the week is, 
of the Canadians goaltending prospects who has the potential of becoming a Canadians number one netminder of the future. And Rick, uh, for those who have something to say about this or just a comment in general, what's the best way for them to reach out to us? Our listeners are very active. Uh, They're active in sending us messages and letting us know their thoughts. Uh, Typically, they text us because we've set up a Rocket Sports text line where you can text us 24 hours a day. Anytime you have a thought, send it over to us at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. If you have a little bit more to say, you can send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And don't hesitate to interact with us on our social medias. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check out the website canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, so from this week, a uh, fascinating story is uh, King Gooley has a new puppy. And he's decided to name that puppy Gus. Uh, Well, right next to where he wrote the name Gus, he put a bus emoji. I don't know if the full name is Gus the bus or if it's just going to be Gus. Um, And why is this important? Well, it's important because uh, Caden Gooley is uh, setting down roots. Caden Gooley and his girlfriend, Miranda Height. Um, Last week, we told you that uh, Caden Gooley is spending the entire summer uh, in Montreal, getting acclimatized, getting used to the city. Um, and uh, he, it was, he's living in, in Griffintown. Um, he spends his mornings uh, down at Broussard and then the afternoon, typically on the golf course. Um, but yes, putting down roots means that his girlfriend is here and his new puppy is here as well. So check out Hab's notepad, Hab's headlines, and feature articles throughout this busy offseason at THN.com slash Montreal. In our roster news, uh, Uri Slavkovsky will return to Montreal on Tuesday. Uh, Before he left home, he gave an interview with Slovak Media, and uh, he spent some time talking about his injuries. He says that his knee's feeling back to 100%. And uh, Rick, what else did he have to say? Well, yeah, he said that he was able to start skating before he left uh, Montreal, and it was uh, progressing and and getting better. That that knee injury that, that happened in January... Um, so, uh, that's, that's eight months. Um, and he said that, uh, um, that he hopes that when he returns and the, the coaches won't be able to tell that he's missed eight or nine months, uh, at training camp. He also said that's the longest break that he's ever had, uh, from hockey in his career and that he, he certainly missed, uh, hockey. Um, he talked about the, the number of injuries um, with the uh, with his teammates, um, we've talked about it many times. The number of injuries the Canadians had last season. The silver lining was that um, Slavkovsky wasn't alone. He, uh, he was able to talk a lot with um, with his teammates, and that kept his spirits up. And he also communicated with his uh, friends and family. Um, the media, the Slovak media, asked him what did he miss most uh, from spending his first. Uh, year in North America, and he said the food, uh, particularly pierogies. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of pierogies, like I am, uh, you'll know that Slovak pierogies are particularly tasty. Um, he talked about his his strength and fitness uh, level has been improving. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks back about his lung capacity. He said it's it's increased by fifteen or twenty percent. And that that will allow him uh, to be more explosive, to to improve the first three steps uh, that he takes. Um, 
And uh, he also says that uh, he can tell that he's stronger because last year he could do three pull-ups. This year he can do six. (laughs) So that's great. Um, He was asked about those glasses. We talked about those those glasses that he wore on the ice um, and... uh, um, if if it was to help him keep his head up, uh, we know that he took some pretty heavy hits last last year, um, and he said no, he couldn't really see much of anything with the, the goggles on, uh, but that he's been reminded over and over and over again in the summer that he has to keep his head up. Um, he's coming to Montreal on Tuesday. Um, he hopes to fight for a spot in the lineup. Um, while he was away, he kept in touch with uh, Canadian staff, um, this uh, skills coach and the conditioning coach, uh, the two Adams, really, um, Adam Nicholas and Adam Douglas. Um, and uh, he's, he said he also got a couple of emails or a couple of texts from uh, Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes sent him a text uh, when he graduated from high school, uh, congratulatory mm-hmm. text. Um, and also send him a text uh, telling him to be in Montreal by August 1st. And that's why he's he's heading here. Um, he lived with a family last year. He's going to be on his own. Well, actually, um, uh, hopefully with Philippe Machar. Um, and he said hopefully um, his good buddy Philippe will make the Canadians as well. If not, uh, they can still live together uh, if Philippe heads to uh, Laval. Um so he sounds very positive. Um, a tough year, um, you know, both both the injury that he experienced, but also uh, his performance. And we talked about it before the the la- the dozen games or so um, before his his injury in January. He he wasn't really contributing. He didn't look happy. He looked out of sync. Um, he looked like the game was too big for him at that point. Um, so hopefully he's prepared himself uh, well over the the last eight or nine months uh, to make more of an impact in the lineup this season. Nick Suzuki participated in a question and answer session with the Daily Hive. Uh, I think my favorite of the bunch is when he was asked, uh, everyone seems to be obsessed with you and Cole Caulfield as a duo. How does your relationship differ on and off the ice? And uh, Nick Suzuki went on to explain that uh, him and Cole headed off pretty much right away. Uh, he sees Cole as a younger brother. Cole seems to see him as an older brother. Uh, in fact, both of uh, their brothers are uh, the ages of the other. So Nick Suzuki's uh, younger brother is Cole's age. Uh, Cole's older brother is Nick's age. So seems like uh, they have a nice brotherly relationship going on. Uh, was there anything else from this you wanted to point out there, Rick? Well, he described Cole as uh, the more hyper of the two, that uh, Cole's a really excited guy. And uh, that Nick says he's the one that's more chill. Um, so I think he brings me up and I can bring him down to earth. Uh, <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty obvious just by, by watching them uh, interact. Um, by and, height. Uh, yeah. um, and that uh, on the golf course, they, they seem to be so close that they dress alike. Um, on a more serious note, um, he mentioned about uh, the charity that is uh, important to him. Um, he said that he partnered with Good Food, uh, an organization uh, that's um, that's connected with the Bre- Breakfast Club of Canada. And remember, we remember that Carrie Price, both Carrie and Angela Price, were both very, very um, 
involved with the Breakfast Club of Canada and did a lot of charity work and, and awareness work with them. Um, I, I, the other part of it is uh, he was asked about being a captain um, and who has helped him in that role. Uh, and the two names that he mentioned uh, were David Savard and Chris Weidman, uh, pro- veterans that uh, provided him some some help uh, navigating his first year as uh, the important role of Canadian's captain. And now it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects. And a big thanks to Amy Johnson for that brand new stinger. That sounded amazing. Uh, Starting things off in our prospect report, uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase is underway July 27th to August 4th at USA Hockey Arena. Uh, Canada's lineup includes uh, some that were recently drafted, Adam Fantilli, uh, Canadian's prospect Owen Beck is also going to be there. Uh, So an interesting group, and uh, let's see how many of these guys are still around when it comes to the actual World Juniors tournament in the fall. Yeah, the USA, and this is happening in uh, Plymouth, Michigan, uh, a great summer event. Um, the, the scrimmages, the games, um, and it's going to involve the U.S., Sweden, and Finland, uh, are available on USA Hockey uh, for a cost. Uh, they are, uh, but if you're interested, uh, they are available. And uh, the U.S. team right now is, is split into a blue and white team. Uh, Lane Hudson on one side, uh, Jacob Fowler, the two Canadians' prospects, uh, on the other side. The 2023 Halinka Gretzky Cup will take place August 1st to 6th. Uh, so the Halinka Gretzky Cup is an annual international under-18 ice hockey tournament, uh, and it takes place in uh, Czechia and Slovakia. Uh, Breitklav, Czechia and Trenchin, Slovakia. And these, of course, we just finished one draft in June. We're preparing for the next draft uh, in 2024. These will be prospects um, that you're going to be hearing their names over the course of the season as as we get closer to the 2024 draft. Uh, the first good look at them is at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. Interesting article came out from The Athletic uh, this past week, and it's entitled Redrafting the 2020 NHL Draft. Uh, so that's the year that uh, Alexi Lafreniere went first overall. Um, this redraft, uh, the top five, now looks like this with uh, Tim Stutzler going number one, uh, Jake Sanderson to- at number two, uh, Lucas Raymond at three, Cole Perfetti at four, and Alexi Lafreniere going at number five. So some big changes happening there uh, in regards to Montreal prospects. Uh, he has Caden Gooley falling to number 19 with the New York Rangers and uh, pick number 16 where Montreal selected. Uh, it's Marco Rossi. Um, yeah, so this this would be good news um, if you are a fan of the Ottawa Senators and, and uh, <laughs> let's say uh, the Winnipeg Jets as well with Cole Perfetti moving up considerably, uh, but Stutzla and Sanderson taking the top two spots in uh, Scott Wheeler's uh, opinion um, and, and Lafreniere, uh, maybe a little bit of a disappointment down four spots uh, to number five. Um, for the Canadians, Jack, uh, Caden Gooley, uh, down a couple of spots. Um, if you go down even further, 
uh, Justin Barron, who, no, he wasn't a, a Canadian's prospect at the time of the draft. Um, he's dropped a couple of spots, three spots. Um, but I think for both of them, and I think uh, Scott Wheeler recognizes this, that, um, that, that the drops are mainly uh, due to the fact that uh, Caden Gooley's rookie season was interrupted by injury. Uh, Justin Barron spent a good portion of his season in Laval, so uh, there really hasn't been an opportunity to um, see them a lot. Um, and and it should be shouldn't be perceived as as something against um, you know their de- their development. Um, there's one other um, member of the Canadians um, that that uh, people don't talk about a lot uh, in this group. Um, he has uh, Sean Farrell at number 23, uh, and that's a huge jump. That's 101 um, places. Uh, that uh, Sean Farrell has jumped from his draft per- position. Um, the only bigger jump in, in Scott Wheeler's uh, exercise here was Devin Levi, who jumped 199 spots uh, up to number 13. But uh, that is good news uh, for the Canadians, and that is good news for the Laval Rocket, as we expect Sean Farrell uh, to be a bit of an offensive machine uh, with the Rocket this season. Yeah, and I should say this is only three years removed from the 2020 yeah. draft. I think the story is still being written for a lot of these prospects. So I expect this to change quite a bit over the next little while as well. And one scout's opinion, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you can find all of our content about Canadians prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, we have one really good quote this week. Uh, this week, it comes from uh, the NHL Network and uh, Sam Cosentino. Uh, he's talking about the Habs prospect, David Reinbacker. David Reinbacker. And this is a guy that I think uh, was really polarizing for Montreal Canadiens fans. They're like, who is this guy? Well, I'll tell you who he is. 22 points in 46 games for Quote in the Swiss League last year. A guy who played in all situations and from the start of the year to the end of the year continued to progress on a huge upward slope. So when it comes to Reinbacker, I think fans were a little bit concerned. Okay, at the World Juniors, he was sick. We didn't get to see him at his best at a big-time event where he played as an underage player. He goes to the Worlds. He plays in four games. He gets injured there. What are we to think of this guy? Don't worry about it. This guy's unbelievable. He was going to school, playing pro hockey, and he had a job tone. He was a headhunter. What? Yes, he was a headhunter while doing all this and still playing pro hockey. So you have to love the fact that this guy's got his life in order. He's got his priorities straight. Now he can focus simply on hockey. The Montreal Canadiens have a great one here. Right shot defenseman David Reinbacher. Don't forget his name. Might be a year or two before you see him making those contributions on the Montreal Blue Line, but he will make them. So Sam Cosentino there on the NHL Network. And the NHL Network uh, for uh, the past week and, and continuing on are ranking uh, their, the uh, NHL teams with the best prospect pool. They have ranked the Montreal Canadiens as at 10th, uh, which I think is fair. Um, we, we tend to overestimate the number of prospects in the Canadiens pool. And, and, uh, and I think there are, there are organizations out there that um, that have a, a deeper prospect pool, but that's no slight against the Canadians. And and Sam, who was on our um, uh, podcast back at the end of May, uh, and was we had been 
breaking the news about about uh, David Reinbacker. Pay attention to David Reinbacker. Uh, we had some information from inside the organization saying that he was very high in their eyes. And Sam uh, Cosentino at the end of May uh, agreed with that and uh, and gave us a, a breakdown of how that might happen. Uh, tremendous insight from from Sam. Also mentioned about he also predicted the the Edmondson trade. Um, and Sam now coming on uh, the NHL Network. Uh, we apologize for the music bed in the background makes makes uh, kind of covers a little bit Sam's comments. That's the NHL Network. Uh, but he talks about Reinbacker and and how he could uh, contribute. Uh, a little bit disappointing that that didn't see him uh, in the World Juniors. He was injured at the Worlds. Um, uh, just um, a hip check from Rasmus Sundin, uh, Washington Capitals defenseman, um, injured his knee and he missed the rest of the the World Championships. And mentioned uh, that he was uh, that it'll be a while before we see him. Um, we have news from another source, and that is the general manager of Cloton. That's the team that he played for last year, uh, Larry Mitchell. Larry Mitchell this week said that uh, David Reinbacker will not play in the AHL this year. He'll not play in the CHL this year. Those are not options that are under consideration. Um, and he said, uh, if David ever gets a job in the NHL, we'll be very happy for him. That's a quote. Otherwise, we will welcome him with open arms. So it appears the two options available to David Reinbacker this season will be Montreal or back to Cloton in Switzerland. Sam Cosentino sounded very excited about David Reinbacker as a prospect. <laughs> Seemed to have a lot of good things to say about his maturity. Uh, Reinbacker working a job and playing uh, pro hockey at the same time. I guess that's uh, good for character and it uh, shows that David Reinbacker is a pretty hard worker. Uh, so that's nice to see and uh, always appreciate uh, listening to a friend of the show, Sam Cosentino. And just to clarify, the headhunter, it was uh, a position that he worked in, but it was part of the course that he was taking in school. So uh, it's not like he <laughs> showed up and, and uh, you know, wanted to pursue this as a career. Part of his, his um, academic studies, which are important to him. Yeah, absolutely. So now we'll take a look at some hockey news and notes from around the league. Uh, we'll go back to The Athletic as uh, they put out an article about the 10 worst contracts in the NHL. And I'm very happy to say that, uh, at least based on The Athletic's opinion, uh, Montreal does not have one of those 10 worst contracts. Uh, number one, they have Seth Jones. Number two, they have Colton Pareko. And uh, number three, they have Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, really cool list. Was there anything you wanted to highlight from here, Rick? Well, this is one of those lists that's generated from their, their uh, advanced stats guy, Dom Lasician. He puts the contracts, the value, the contributions, the impact, everything through his model, and it spits out... Uh, this list last year, um, Nick Suzuki was on that list, and we we were like, wait a minute. Um, but uh, his his numbers said that that Nick Suzuki last year wasn't uh, producing like a number one center, and that's that's fair. Um, so his contract was a little um, he felt overpaid. Um, that'll catch up, uh, and and uh, uh, that's not a problem there. Um, not part of the the top 10 worst contracts however they did receive honorable mention status and that goes to Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher 
Um, and I'd say that was, I'd say that was fair as well, uh, coming out from the athletic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit surprised to see Gallagher was outside of that top 10. So the honorable mention, I think makes sense. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes have announced that they signed Logan Cooley to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, he was the third overall pick in 2022. Uh, Cooley's looking like a really, really good prospect. Had a great season in the NCAA last year. Absolutely. With Minnesota and at development camp, at Arizona's development camp, he was asked where he planned to play, and he said uh, probably go back to Minnesota uh, in the NCAA. And uh, But since then has had conversations with Arizona and and this this makes um Arizona um, you know instantly more interesting to watch um he's a, an electric prospect one of the prospects that we we liked a lot um and so uh, good for the coyotes good for Logan Cooley yeah and uh, interesting note here uh, Cooley will still be playing in a university arena despite being <laughs> in the NHL <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh, big news out of free agency. Uh, the Ottawa Senators have signed Vladimir Tarasenko to a one-year $5 million contract on Thursday. Uh, so kind of significant that a uh, really big name out of free agency is signing Canada, let alone with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, so you have to be pretty excited for that organization. It uh, uh, pretty much replaces Alex Debrinkat and uh, the offense he provided. Um, I think a good fit for both sides, too. Uh, Tarasenko is probably looking at free agency uh, next to offseason where he's going to cash out and he's going to have an opportunity to play uh, in a pretty talented top six with a lot of really good talented forwards. We don't have to be excited for the Ottawa Senators. Um, we can we can <laughs> we can give respect uh, to them making this signing. And, and yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was uh, a big surprise. Uh, maybe, um, you know, this is what happens with the, uh, the shackles of, of Eugene Melnick uh, no longer around. Um, big signing and uh, congratulations to the Senators, um, the Canadians' uh, r- rival here. So uh, we won't pay too much respect, but uh, they're doing a, <laughs> a great job uh, in building and rebuilding their team. And uh, speaking of rivals, uh, Patrice Bergeron announced his retirement from the NHL on Tuesday. And uh, over 1,000 games, he put up 427 goals and 613 assists. Uh, he's basically uh, the model of the Selkie Trophy. That's Great. what his career is all about. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Canadians general manager Kent Hughes issued a statement uh, congratulating Patrice Bergeron on his career, which I think we both found a little bit odd given that the Boston Bruins are a pretty big rival of the Montreal Canadiens. This is this. This is a rival. This, these are the Boston Bruins. Um, and the Selkie for me is Bob Ganey or Guy Carboneau. I don't... <laughs> nice. that, really. Um, and, and listen, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, Patrice Bergeron, um, his agent, he had two agents in, in his career. And he said in his statement, um, where do we have it here? The daily life of, of a professional athlete can sometimes be difficult and my two agents, Kent Hughes and Phil LeCavalier, um, that's Vinny's brother, helped me navigate a complex environment at times. Your invaluable guidance at all stages of my career has allowed me to eliminate distractions and uncertainties so that I can focus on being the best hockey player I can be. So, yes, um, it makes sense to um, 
to thank your former agent. I get it. Um, I guess what was weird for me was that that Kent Hughes' statement didn't come out from Kent Hughes. It came out from the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and he, uh, Kent Hughes' statement is, Patrice, congratulations on your retirement. You arrived in Boston as an 18-year-old boy speaking broken English, and you lead the game today as a man, husband, father, and one of the greatest leaders in the... Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, and I get, I get the... I get the Quebec connection. I get the Ken Hughes connection. But bottom line, he's a Boston Bruin. Um, and it's really tough. It's really, we can have respect for his career. Um, but um, uh, the, one of the good things about it is maybe the Bruins now have a problem at center. But, but that, that's, that's a story for another day. Yeah, I didn't want to jinx it. I'm going to knock on wood and cross my fingers, but uh, I think this might be finally the time that the Boston Bruins regress. You take a look at their lineup, and uh, it's not looking so great with Bergeron and Krejci <laughs> and some of those other guys. So, again, uh, knocking on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, former Canadians forward, uh, the 40-year-old Thomas uh, Placanitz uh, will continue his lengthy hockey career by playing in uh, Kladno Knights uh, this season. That's uh, Yarmer Yager's team in uh, the Czech League. What a great story. What a tremendous story. Um, yeah, we we maybe lost track of Thomas Placanitz after he left uh, the Montreal Canadiens, um, but he is still playing. He still captains uh, that team in Kladno. Uh, and he's uh, on board for another season. So uh, good luck. Have a great season, Thomas. And uh, one final thing before we head off into our first break. Uh, we'd like to send our sincere condolences to the family of uh, Peter Kilgore uh, as he passed away on uh, July the 25th. Peter Kilgore, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan who lives in Toronto, uh, you know who Peter, Peter Kilgore is. Uh, and I lived uh, for... For, for almost five years in in Toronto. Um, Peter is an avid Canadians fan um, and uh, and reading from uh, from his obituary, uh, he says uh, it says uh, a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan, Peter took it to the extreme with his brother Andrew when they opened their ever popular restaurant, Kilgore's Bar Meets Grill. And if you're in Toronto, um, and you and you went down to the, the Bloor Street area. Uh, there was this Canadians oasis. Um, you walked in from all of the the nonsense that goes on in Toronto about the Leafs. You're inundated. You're oppressed by by the Leafs coverage and and uh, and fandom. Uh, and you walk into you open the doors in, uh, of Kilgore's and you walk into this oasis and you look just look around, and there was um, you know. P.K. Subban uh, jersey on the wall, and and Jean Beliveau and and uh, Guy Lafleur. He uh, Peter loved um, Beliveau and Lafleur. There was a there was uh, seats from the Forum in there, and it was a great bar. It was a tremendous bar um, and grill, as they called it. Peter and and Andrew, the two brothers, uh, put it together. Um, it was, they always showed Canadians games. They always showed the RDS coverage. Um, they, they, you, everybody was in the, the place was wearing Canadians jerseys. You'd stand for the anthem. You'd sing the anthem. 
Uh, and Peter was behind the bar, usually wearing a Canadian's jersey or sometimes in a referee's jersey because he would whistle down a, a, a Toronto Maple Police fan who, who stumbled their way in. Um, <laughs> he was a great guy. The food was terrific. Um, and they had the usual pub fare, the the wings and fish and chips and, and that sort of thing. But they also had Montreal food. They had poutine. They had smoked meat sandwiches. Uh, and it was terrific. And um, I, I, I learned about it when I lived there. And then when I came to Montreal, um, we had for a long time, many long time listeners will know that we had Habs hockey parties, watch parties. Uh, we had them in Montreal. We had them at uh, McLean's or Ye Old Orchard, uh, where we'd get um, fans who had, you know, knew each other from social media and we'd, we'd fill the place uh, and watch a game together. Well, we did the same thing in Toronto, and when we did, we'd have it at, at Kilgore's. Um, and Peter would have trivia, and he'd have prizes, and great food, great drinks, um, and uh, it, it was it was absolutely tremendous. So um, we salute Peter, um, and uh, a real, real sad news for uh, Canadians fans uh, living in Toronto. So coming up, uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors and then we'll get to our big topic segment. Uh, Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And this is going to be a pretty awesome segment. As uh, we mentioned off the top of the show, Rick, uh, we're continuing along with our goaltenders discussion from last week. This week, we're talking about some of the prospects and uh, 
We have a very special guest uh, coming in uh, for an interview, Sean Richardson, uh, the head uh, goaltending scout scout for FC Hockey. He'll be joining uh, you, Rick, along with uh, Amy, and uh, he's going to talk about some of uh, the great Canadians' prospects coming up the pipeline, like Jacob Fowler, uh, Quinton Miller, uh, Vulcan, uh, Emmett Croteau, uh, Jakob Dobis, Caden Primo, and whatnot, and... uh, do you have anything else you wanted to say before we send it over to you and Amy? Well, I think that it's it's really important, as I said uh, earlier, to um, when when our listeners um, are are looking for information on uh, prospects that uh, they aren't able to follow um, to bring in an expert. Uh, this is the head goaltending scout for uh, SC Hockey. FC Hockey, one of the premier um, uh, draft ranking agencies and has been for a very long time. Sean, uh, the, the head goaltending scout, he has a, a, a team of scouts goaltending scouts that, that work with him to gather information from um, all over and uh, and then bring it to our fans. So without uh, any further ado, uh, I'll send it over to Amy Johnson. Thanks very much for that, guys. And I'm happy to uh, be back again this week as we continue our goaltending series uh, this week on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, and very happy and pleased to welcome this week uh, a, a new guest to the show and one who I think is going to have some really, really interesting insight for us this week. Uh, welcome to Sean Richardson, the head goaltending scout at FC Hockey. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> now, before we get started talking about uh, goaltending and the prospects uh, in the Montreal Canadiens organization and, and, and this draft that we just all experienced and witnessed about a month ago why don't we uh why don't we just have you give us a scouting report on yourself well give us a little bit of uh how how you got to where you are and and just a bit about about who you are sure well a scouting report on me might not be as interesting as the uh, canadians prospects but uh i'll certainly do my best uh, yeah like like most canadians i grew up in the game and uh and then when my time playing was done, I uh, really stuck around the game a lot, coached a lot, got involved in some development things uh, for skaters and goaltenders, uh, and uh, and just really developed even more of a passion for the game after playing. I, I really fell into that coaching, and then later a bit of a recruiting role at the uh, at the uh, U18 level. And then uh, scouting seemed to be the next turn, and that's where I've uh, dove into in the past several years and uh, really been enjoying it. So for scouts, uh, the draft is uh, a big deal, and uh, the 2023 NHL entry draft was just a month ago. Um, with f- focusing on goaltenders, um, it was a, a very interesting draft uh, for goaltenders, none taken in the first round. And I think you had said... Uh, prior to the draft, that there there was no real clear uh, front runner um, as it went, but we saw we saw a bit of a goalie run in the, in the second round. Six goaltenders went in the um, in the second round of the draft, and then the Canadians got active in the third round of the draft. Um, before we get to who the Canadians selected, um, maybe you can just talk about the draft in general and some of the more prominent names that were taken. Yeah, sure. The uh, The draft was pretty obvious in my mind, and a lot of people I spoke to also agreed that it was so deep in offensive guys. You had a really 
large number of centers and wingers, guys that could put the puck in the net, that they were going to monopolize the first round. You were going to, you know, spread out a few defensemen through that group, but you probably weren't going to get into the goaltenders. And that's not to imply that the goaltenders weren't uh, a good group, but there just wasn't anybody that was standing out enough that you wanted to take a run at him in the first round. So I wasn't surprised. I was a little bit surprised to see uh, maybe Adam Guyan go so early in the second. I thought that we might push it a little bit further on, another five, eight picks before we started to see the goaltenders go. But but yeah, so uh, it started out with Guyan, who came out of the North American League, which uh, for some of your listeners uh, that may not know, that's a, that's a junior league in the United States, really good at goaltending development, really good at moving goalies to the next level. Think of guys like Connor Hallebuck. Uh, they came out of that league. Um, so I think Caden uh, Primo also spent a little time in that league. So, um, you know, so, th- so there's quality guys coming out of that league. And, uh, and then after that, you had the kind of couple big names in Michael Robble, you had Trey Augustine, and, uh, and then after that, you kind of had Jacob Fowler sort of come in. I think he might have been the fifth guy come off the board for goaltenders. Yeah, in between there's Carson Bjarnason, the first Canadian uh, goaltender uh, taken um, out of Brandon, I think. Um, went to the Flyers, and then yeah, quite early in the third round, it was Jacob Fowler. And um, I think Canadians fans um, have really warmed up to Jacob Fowler, and we saw the Fowler family in the uh, video that that the NHL put out last week. They're all very expressive and emotional, and um, you know, uh, Jacob Fowler is going to be a quote machine for sure. <laughs> um, uh, but but I think what you're here to tell us about is is the way he plays the puck and the way he plays on the ice. Well, you know, and and I would uh, echo those sentiments. The, you know, what's not to love about Jacob Fowler? Yeah. I mean, there's a guy that you would think is certainly showing the indication that he's on a path to be a future starting goaltender at the NHL level. I mean, it is still early, but all indications are that uh, if he can transfer the way he plays now up to that next level, and we're going to get a good indication of that because he's going to head off to Boston College here in the fall. So we're going to see how he transfers from the uh, junior level up to Boston College, and then from there, how he can uh, take that up to the NHL level. So, you know, there's still a lot to be decided with him, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to like about him. Well, Boston College, he'll be, um, he'll have a bit of firepower in front of him with Ryan Leonard and Will Smith and Gabe Perot and and uh, Cutter Gauthier, I think, is there. Um, can you kind of break down his, his technique? He is... Um, from my eyes, seems to be a, a pretty technical goaltender um, and uh, a quick goaltender. He's, he, his quote is that uh, he doesn't like to spend a lot of time on his back scrambling. He, <laughs> he, he, likes, to be, he likes to be in position. Um, he doesn't like to be caught out of position. So what, uh, from your viewing, uh, what have you seen uh, in Jacob Fowler's uh, game? Well, the coaches in Montreal will be happy that he doesn't like to spend a lot of time on his back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's something that uh, if every goalie said that, that might give some relief to a lot of coaches. But yeah, I mean, he's got such a great level of experience. I mean, he's seen it all. Um, you know, so he's a late 04 birthday, a Florida kid. 
But he went on, played USHL. He was the goaltender of the year. He was USA Hockey's goalie of the year. He won a Clark Cup championship with uh, with Youngstown. And if I'm not mistaken, he was the MVP. Uh, you know, so so that's a pedigree that he's created on his own, and that's fantastic. I love his lateral mobility. He's just so fast. He's got that strong, sturdy frame. Some might argue he's a little thick. You might see him whittle a little, little bit of that weight down. He's, uh, you know, he's got to be 220 anyways, maybe, maybe even more. But he might slide that down closer to 200, 210, and maybe even get a little bit quicker. I, I find his rebound control is fantastic. And the big thing that I really like about him is his movements are so economical. He just doesn't waste time. He loads his leg and springs in the direction he wants to go quickly. He's in and out of his post well and just so fast and so precise moving through the crease that, uh, you know, it's good. But at the same time, that's not to imply that he's not calm. I mean, so he's looking like, at times you're looking at him, it looks like he's just sitting there having a coffee and it's just <laughs> so comfortable, uh, you know. And, and those are things, you know, those are little details that when coaches look out and when defensemen come back to retrieve pucks, they see a goalie that's calm in the net. That just goes right through the whole group. So, uh, yeah, he's got a lot, lot to like, a great IQ. And, uh, you know, he, I, I guess he saves all the saves he's supposed to make, and he saves most of the ones that he shouldn't. So those are all good things. So conditioning, uh, as you mentioned, is something that uh, he'll be tasked to, to work on. Um, and, and maybe puck handling as well, not, uh, not carry price behind the net necessarily. Yeah, you know, and it's a funny thing because, uh, you know, sometimes these concerns that we have about goaltenders, they, they bring up a little bit of a red flag. And and I wouldn't really worry much about the concerns that Fowler has because I look at those and say those are things that can be improved with a little bit of time. Uh, you know, he's athletic. You, it's, it's hard to have a technical goaltender who's not athletic and then try to make him athletic. So yep. he's already very athletic kid. He's going to have a lot of opportunity to develop those other skills. Um, I, I think uh, for me, more so than any playing of the puck, I find that he plays deep. And, and that also helps make him look very quick. But he'll sometimes play a little too deep and he can move post to post real quick because of the short distances. But when you get up to the next level, you're going to face a lot better shooters on a day in, day out basis. So it'll be interesting to see if he can still play that depth without having it come back to haunt him. So he is a big guy with a hefty frame and maybe playing deep, he does cover a little bit more than maybe some of the other goaltenders. Um, but you know, at the same time, that could be an issue, not, not a, not a major red flag, but it's something I'd look to see how that unfolds. As the draft, uh, continued Montreal, uh, went ahead and selected two additional goaltenders, uh, starting with Quentin Miller, uh, and Evgeny Volokin. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of perspective. These are two guys that maybe, uh, folks, uh, you know, obviously weren't as big of a name, um, as some of those guys who went in the second round and early in the third. Um, and so folks might not be quite as familiar with them. Uh, can you give us a little insight on, on what uh, fans could, could expect from these two prospects and, and the, the attributes that made, would have made them desirable for the Canadians to take? Yeah, sure. I mean, Miller right away, uh, you look at him and 
you've got yourself, in my opinion, a really good goaltender, but maybe didn't stand out compared to a lot of his peers. So had he dropped even further, I don't think there would have been a lot of shock on my part. And that's not to say that he's not a good goalie. But, uh, you know, again, another late birthday. So he's a little bit older than some of his peers in the draft. He's got that prototypical frame that teams look for. I know Montreal likes it. Uh, very athletic player. He's got second save ability. So anything that bounces around the crease, he can get around and get in front of it and stack up the pads in front of it or get his body. Um, you know, he, he showed some consistency and I think he thinks the game very well. He makes some good save choices. Um, you know, very tough to get a full read on him because he did play backup to William Russo all year. Mm-hmm. And that Remparts team, you know, that was as high end as you get. That was a strong team. So there were times that I watched Miller play and I thought, you know, I'm not going to critique him too much, but he wasn't really asked to do much. Like mm-hmm. such a strong group in front of him. And and it wouldn't have been the first goalie that had that come back to bite him if if it really hurt his draft stock. But, you know, to the Canadians' credit, they did their due diligence. It, did, it didn't really hurt him, uh, you know. So I, I think that what you've got with him is a goaltender with some great speed for Junior. Again, we're going to have to see how that translates as he moves up. But I'm going to take a good guess that you're going to see him stick around in the QMJHL for a little bit longer, I'd say, two more years anyways. And that's going to give him a lot of time to, uh, to continue to develop. And uh, so then we shift then to Evgeny Volokin, um, who will remain in, in Russia um, for, for the upcoming season as well. Um, any insight that you can give us on, on this young man? Well, I'm going to do you one better. I, I say more than just remain in the uh, in the MHL for one more year. I think he's going to be a while before he comes over to North America. Um, you know, a 2005-born goaltender, uh, he came up through the Russian youth system. He played his U16 and U17 for his hometown teams. Um, and then all of a sudden, maybe he caught on or he had an opportunity or he was comfortable enough and ready enough to jump up to the MHL, which for any listeners that don't know, that's the uh, Russian U-20 league over there. And it's a it's a solid league. He had great numbers, um, but great numbers alone aren't enough. Uh, I don't know that league well enough to know that his team was particularly good or particularly bad. So I don't trust the numbers. What I see with him, uh, keep in mind, limited viewings I've had mm-hmm. and everything on video, but he's got that pro-ready size. He's highly athletic. He's got a really high upside when it comes to his potential. And and this might sound funny, but because his skill set's so raw, I see such an upside. Because you've got an athletic young man who still has miles to go in his development. Um, I just think that his skill set needs a little bit of work. And that's why I don't think he's an overnight uh, job. He's not, I already said he's not coming to North America right away. I don't think Montreal would expect them to, but uh, but once that skill set develops, maybe they have a chance to see him live. I would expect that they have seen him primarily on video, um, which isn't a big concern. But you know, anytime you can get boots on the ground, you want to see somebody play live. Um, so that that's my thought is that uh, you know you're going to be a little while uh, before you see him. But I think if you look behind this pick, something you might see is that 
Montreal really showed a lot of trust, in my opinion, for the guys that focus in on European players and goalies in particular. I'm thinking someone like uh, Vincent Riendo, yeah. who's their yeah. goalie and Russian pro scout. Um, uh, Michael Krupa, the Eastern European amateur guy. You know, that tells me a lot of what they think of the maybe job they're doing. And, you know, because you need somebody to advocate for you in that room when the names start to go around. If nobody stands up and says, I believe in this guy, well, then his name's quickly crossed off the list. So I, I see that, uh, you know, Kent Hughes has a, a group of people there that he's relying on and they seem to be standing up for some guys that maybe are a bit obscure. I don't think you needed to go as early as you did in the fifth round. Uh, 140 something overall was he was taken. Um, I don't think you needed to go that soon, but they found their guy. They knew they wanted him. They stuck to their guns and took them. And I, I like that. So the, those were the three goaltending prospects the, uh, the Canadians took in this past year's draft. Now, if we look at last year's draft uh, for a, a full picture of, of what's in the pipeline, uh, we see Emma Croto taken in the sixth, sixth round, 162 overall uh, in 2022. Um, good size on, on him. He's played uh, for the last three years in the USHL and will be moving to uh, Clarkson uh, this coming fall. Yeah, uh, Emma Croto is a goaltender that I really like. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, you know, Bonneville, Alberta native. This is a, a young fella that played down in uh, California at one point. He's played his junior hockey through the States. Um, I, I think someone had told me that he was still completing school back in Alberta online. These are all things that chip in and add to the maturity of a goaltender. So he's got lots of size. He covers the net well. He's got that low athletic stance that just, he packs that lateral push that's just so strong. And, um, you know, his mobility is terrific that way. And, um, you know, I think those are some of the strengths that he has, along with tracking the puck and along with how he reads the play. But, uh, you know, here's a, here's a guy that was a six-rounder. And like I said early on, uh, you know, being able to grab guys later in the draft and have them turn into something is terrific. So, um, you know, as a six-rounder, I think this is a guy you can't count out. Um, he's going to go off to Clarkson. They just brought in a fifth-year transfer from Providence College who uh, maybe played a couple years prior to that in Nebraska. So I'm not sure he's going to start, but... I think he's going to get a lot of meaningful minutes and I think there's a lot of development that can be had. And, and, uh, and personally, I love those guys that go the college route because it really just extends their development path. And I think you're going to see Croto, um, you know, benefit from that. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, guys going the NCAA path and, and, and now getting kind of in the shorter term in terms of the depth chart for the Canadians and, and the pipeline, um, looking at the Laval Rocket and the AHL uh, this year, we've see uh, we will see Jakob Dobas come in this year. He actually joined the Laval Rocket at the end of last season, uh, but unfortunately did not get an opportunity to play. Uh, so he has yet to make uh, his AHL debut. Um, what are what are your thoughts on Jakob Dobas and the season ahead? Uh, not only in terms of of his development, but, you know, 
is this the type of situation where you'd like to see a goaltending prospect get a get a heavy workload of ice time to really start to hone in on those skills at the pro level that they need? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Dobis is just a fantastic goaltender. And I know anybody that's listened to the podcast from Michigan is not going to like it because he played <laughs> at the Ohio, Ohio State, State guys. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they do not like each other, and uh, and with good reason, I suppose. But but anybody that might be from Michigan that likes Montreal is going to be happy to see him there because uh, you've got a guy that's a terrific goaltender. I mentioned with Croto how he moved down to the states, and that's an indication of maturity and that ability to sort of branch out and go after what you want. Same with Jakob Dobis. I mean, this guy came from the Czech Republic, uh, Czechia now. It was Czech Republic at the time. Raised in St. Louis, uh, moved over there, and really had to learn how to speak English. This guy has been working at his craft in all areas for a number of years. Um, so he goes off, and he, after some time in Omaha, where he had some pretty terrific numbers on occasion. I, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but save percentage is well above 900 a lot of the time. He goes off and plays at the Ohio State. And... Uh, and I think, you know, you've got a confident goaltender who's really athletic and he's aggressive. He challenges shooters. So he comes out, if you like a guy that tries to tip the hand in his favor and force shooters into quick decisions and, you know, sudden passes and that, that's your guy. He's uh, And he's big. He's got a big frame yeah. on him too. So, uh, you know, he's got to be 6'4", as far as I recall, and, and maybe even still growing. So... Um, you know, his lateral slides are great. And one thing I like, a lot of goalies, I mean, Dobish is a guy who's got great leg length and he can reach, he can reach with his arms. But when you slide and you can stack your blocker or your trapper above your pads and create a wall, and when you're sliding across and building a wall and giving nothing up top and taking away everything along the bottom with a nice pad seal, you know, that's tough. Shooters absolutely hate those guys, even if you... <laughs> are patient and you try to outweigh them and then you make a sudden move and you're faced with that like that sends you back to the bench smashing your stick on the boards it's just he's one of those guys he did it to michigan this year in an outdoor game he's uh you know he can frustrate shooters uh, and he's consistent he's generally a very consistent performer a great work ethic he's always a 100 percent effort guy um, and he is really big on visualization techniques. His pre-game preparation is next level. So when he takes to the ice, you're going to see a goaltender in Laval that's ready to go. And that's going to nip at Caden Primo's heels. Well, that's, you know, I know a lot of people are very anxious to see Jakob Dobis in action uh, this fall. And the big question is, who's he going to be sharing the crease with? Um, you know, Caden Primo is waiver eligible this year um and with you know we, we spoke with marty baron last week about jake allen and sam montembo and the tandem that they are likely to have at the nhl level so that leaves a, kind of a big question mark around Caden primo what are your thoughts on on him and and just where he's at in his development um you know is is there something to worry about about a potential waiver claim uh, or, or would it be a good tandem if he made it through waivers and, and he and Dobis uh, were able to work together? I'd, I'd honestly like to see him get through waivers and stay in Laval with Jakob Dobis. Uh, you know, I think that that could be a good 
uh, pair. I really do like Primo. I also like the fact that in Montreal, Sam Montembeau and Jake Allen, I, I wouldn't want to tinker with that. I think you've got uh, an aging veteran who would be a great leader for Sam. And, and Montembeau is probably at the time now where he can really start to carry a lot more of the workload. I really believe in him as a, a future solid number one undisputed guy. And I think that Jake Allen has just a ton of experience that can help Sam Montemont get to that point. So I wouldn't touch that. I'd like to see uh, Primo back with Dovis. And I'm not overly worried about him. I mean, I thought that when he was in Northeastern, I thought a lot of the same things about him that I think about Dovis coming out of Ohio State. The problem with Caden is that at this point, he hasn't been able to elevate that to the NHL level. He, uh, I, I remember he got uh, a start back in 2019-2020 season. Um, may, maybe, maybe it was a couple starts. May, anyways, the point is, is that he had some great numbers, but then it just never seemed to come back again. He had a couple more starts and a couple more starts the following years, and they were probably a little subpar, so I could see why there's some nerves in the Montreal organization about, is this the guy? So uh, I, I think that's a, a really good uh, wrap-up on on the Canadians' uh, prospects and the pipeline they have for goaltenders. Um, a scout's job is never seems to be done. We just finished... Uh, the draft um, uh, in June, but we're looking forward to next year's draft, and and we've got uh, the Holinka Gretzky tournament coming up in a few weeks, uh, or or maybe a few days as we record this. Um, maybe give us a couple of names, uh, goaltenders who we might be hearing more of as the season goes on, uh, pro- prospects who will be eligible for the 2024 draft. Well. I don't have a lot of names right now. I think that the start of this scouting season is going to really come up now um, with the Helenka Gretzky. And I would have to say that right now, somebody I'm really eager to take a look at is Thatcher Bernstein. So he's an 06 kid out of uh, Massachusetts. He's going to play on that Helenka Gretzky team and uh, for the United States. And, uh, and I think that's somebody that we're going to hear a lot about. Um, now, Canada has themselves a really strong goaltender, too, in Gabriel Degg, but Gabriel Degg went and got born beyond the deadline, so he's not <laughs> even going to be due this year. Right. If he were, he his name would be on the radar, but we're going to circle back to him in 2025. Um, I think what we can expect to see and what I would like to see is more attention paid to some of the overagers, some of the guys that weren't really in positions to start this year and will come out next year as a second-year draft eligible. So when you look at somebody like Adam Guyan, who was the number one goaltender this year, this is a second year of eligibility. He left Europe to come play here in North America and uh, and really try to get some eyes on him. Obviously, the eyes were definitely on him when it came to uh, the World Juniors, and it turned into him being the first goalie off the board. So I think that, you know, with another year under their belt, those second-year draft-eligible guys are the ones that are really going to turn some heads 
And, uh, and then you combine that with some of the guys that get good opportunities, whether it be through CHL or through uh, USHL, NAHL. Um, that, that's who I'm looking forward to. But to this point, I'm not 100% sure I know all the guys that are really ready yet. Well, you must be anxious uh, for the season to get underway, as we are. And uh, uh, this has been ter- terrific. Absolutely. We've, uh, Sean, we've really appreciated you taking some time out of your summer schedule to talk goaltending with us uh, and uh, really enjoyed uh, everything that you've had to discuss with us today. If you are not doing so already, you can find Sean Richardson on Twitter at SDR Scouting. And just once again, Sean, on behalf of Rick, myself, uh, Michael Spinella and the rest of the Rocket Sports team, we appreciate you being here today. And of course, we hope to have you back again soon. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoy my time, and you know, especially in the summer, the chance to talk some hockey. That doesn't happen every day, so uh, <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Really appreciated that interview from Sean and uh, his enthusiasm for the the Canadians' prospects. Um, you know, very familiar, as you heard, um, uh, of a goaltender like Emma Croto, who uh, doesn't get an awful lot of attention uh, and who will be playing in the NCAA this year. Um, uh, Jacob Fowler just um, added to the mix at, uh, at the last draft. Um, and, of course, uh, a different situation. It could be a different situation in Laval, uh, depending on what happens with Caden Primo, uh, with Jakob Dobas, uh, who may be getting uh, a good portion of the starts uh, for the Laval Rocket uh, thank you again. Tremendous uh, information and insight there from Sean. And um, we'll have him back again uh, for uh, before the next draft for sure. Yeah, big thanks uh, to Sean Richardson. Uh, always enjoy listening to uh, prospect talk and especially goaltending prospect talk. You know, you don't always know some of those names and some of the newer kids on the block like a Jacob Fowler. So it's nice to get to know everybody. And uh, like I said, big thanks uh, goes out to Sean. And uh, just before uh, we send it off into our final break, uh, I have a Canadians Connection question of the week for our listeners. It uh, relates pretty well to this uh, segment that we just had. And the question is, of the Canadians goaltending prospects, who has the potential of becoming the Canadians' number one net miner of the future? We want to hear from you. And uh, with that being said, uh, we'll take our final break here. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. Stay with us. This is, this is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team visit habshockeyreport.com and click the join our team tab today in every city around the world sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub and to cheer for their team think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. 
Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Or perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects? The Rocket Sports Media team has what you're looking for at THN.com Montreal. The place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. That's THN.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 254 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. And feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And uh, what a great interview with Sean Richardson, wasn't it? It was. Um, full of knowledge, um, has uh, uh, a lot of experience uh, scouting and, and, um, and, and knows, uh, he knows what matters and, and what doesn't. And because with any of these prospects, um, there's, there's a learning curve, there's development that takes place, there's things that are fixable and there's things that are not. Um, and uh, Sean knows the difference and was able to pr- provide a, um, a real detailed scouting report on every one of the Montreal um, Canadians goaltending prospects. And uh, throughout this busy offseason, uh, Rocket Sports is going to continue to give you great coverage and analysis on everything Montreal Canadiens. And the place to go to find all that information, just thn.com slash Montreal. All our Canadians coverage in just one place. And uh, Rick, uh, I believe uh, THN released something uh, interesting this past week. They did. They, um, they have been promoting on all of their social media 32 team sites. They've jumped in with both feet. Uh, of course, uh, we were recruited. Our, the Rocket Sports team was recruited uh, to provide uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, exclusive coverage to the Hockey News. And so you can find um, our coverage uh, at THN dot com slash Montreal um, and all of our coverage is there about the Canadians, about prospects, about Laval. Uh, everything is there in one spot uh, for you. Um, but they also uh, were promoting all 32 team sites uh, this week. And um, it's it's a, a massive team uh, to uh, go forth um, for the, the upcoming um, NHL season. It's, it's an exciting step. Uh, so make sure you go uh, to uh THN.com slash Montreal first. And if you're interested in other team sites, you can navigate from there. Also, we have some great content that we've been putting up on YouTube. If you want to find it, just search at all Habs and you'll be able to find things like the Habs Hockey Report show every single Thursday being released by Amy Johnson. Uh, Amy's a great host. She does in-depth analysis and she puts together some really interesting episodes Uh, The most recent one is entitled Why the Alex Newhook Contract is a Win for the Montreal Canadiens. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss a single episode. Hit the like button if you like what you saw and leave a comment. Uh, Amy loves to engage with all her viewers in conversations. 
And it's also the spot where we're putting uh, the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, you want to take us with you on your favorite podcast app? Great. We're on all the favorite podcast apps and you can take us with you uh, as you enjoy this wonderful summer. Um, but maybe if you're at work and, and you want uh, some audio on, uh, fire up the fire up YouTube, navigate to the at all Habs uh, YouTube uh, page and you can listen to the Canadians Connection podcast. So make sure that you're leaving us comments there. Make sure you're liking, make sure you're subscribing uh, and make sure you're sharing um, this content that we have with your fellow Canadians uh, uh, friends who are also fans. And uh, make sure you subscribe to both Rocket Sports Podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, every single Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. Uh, you can find all the episodes at thepresszone.fm. Hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams, that's going to be your source for all things Habs Prospects, Laval Rocket, anything AHL. Uh, they do a really good job uh, with that uh, podcast, so make sure you check that one out. And make sure you're also subscribed to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app, uh, The Canadians Connection. You can find all the episodes at canadiansconnection.fm in case you missed any. And uh, we'll be here every single Saturday throughout the summer. Uh, Like uh, I always say, we don't go on vacation uh, when all your other favorite radio shows and podcasts take a little bit of a summer break. Uh, We'll be here every single Saturday, nice and reliable, just for you guys. And uh, something else we wanted to throw out there is uh, feel free to reach out as we are recruiting uh, for our Rocket Sports team. So if you are interested in joining Rocket Sports, Rick, what's the best way for uh, people to do so? Well, we've got a talented team who contribute in many, many different ways, whether it's writing articles, uh, contributing to the podcast, uh, whether it's uh, being an expert on social media to share our work. Um, we have a, a terrific team, and if you want to be part of that, if you're talented, if you're Canadians, if you're passionate about the Montreal Canadiens, and you want to get involved in some way, reach out to us, DM uh, the Rocket Sports account on social media, or head to HabsHockeyReport.com and uh, check out the, the Join Our Team tab. Uh, there's a bit of a, a, a questionnaire to, to fill out, send it in. And uh, we'll be glad to consider you. We'll be right back to you and glad to consider you uh, as, uh, as an applicant to, uh, to our team. We have a great time. Um, and, um, and you have an opportunity uh, to share your views and have them shared on a, a pretty large platform uh, like the Hockey News. So um, consider jo- joining us and, uh, and joining in the fun and and one of the things that we're going to do in the month of August is feature some of those members uh, of our team and Michael has sat down and and done short uh, uh, question and answers with each of them and you'll get to know uh, who's behind us who's who's part of the Greater Rocket Sports team. Yeah, I think I'm coming up on two years with Rocket Sports now. Nice. I believe that'll be in September. So honestly, I've had a blast doing this, uh, being on the podcast, having all uh, my uh, opinions and my voice heard by many. Uh, pretty cool experience and uh, definitely recommend it to anyone who's a passionate hockey fan and uh, if you like the Montreal Canadiens. So now uh, we'll get to our Canadians Connection question of the week, as I've asked a few times already, of the Canadians goaltending prospects. Who has the potential of becoming the Canadians' number one netminder in the future? We want to make sure we hear from you, and uh, one of the best ways to do that is to reach out to us by text uh, 5853-ROCKET. Make sure uh, you let us know. And throughout the week, uh, we actually hear from many of our listeners, and uh, we try to highlight some of our favorite messages that we get. 
this uh, we have three texts, I believe, uh, coming from our listeners, and uh, they are in response to uh, the last episode, episode 253 of the Canadians Connection, entitled uh, Marty Buron Breaks Down Habs Goaltending. And uh, the first one uh, comes in the form of a comment on YouTube from uh, Nelson in Switzerland. And uh, Rick, what did he have to say? Nelson said, uh, great chat with Marty. Excellent pod, guys. Um, from a huge Habs fan in Switzerland, be safe. And we're always happy. We know that Habs fans are everywhere throughout Europe. We have a huge contingent of, of Habs fans in Finland, Sweden, Switzerland, Norway. Um, so we're glad to hear from, from Nelson and uh, really glad that you enjoyed last week's uh, chat with Marty Baron. And uh, via text, uh, we heard from Marcel in uh, Verdun, Quebec. Uh, that's just a south area of Montreal. And uh, what he had to say is, best pod ever. Uh, can you have Marty on every week? <laughs> awesome breakdown of Habs goaltending situation, especially Primo. I agreed with every word. So big thank you to Marcel. Uh, I wish we could have Marty on every single week, don't you, Rick? Well, um, a big thank you to, to Marcel and a big thank you to Marty Baron, who has been on the podcast before and, and took time out of his summer uh, to, uh, to to sit down and and break down every part every uh, part of the the, the Habs goaltending situate current situation uh, and kind of laid a we talked about a path for the future how the Canadians can rebuild that uh, uh, the goaltending department um, a great interview if you've missed it uh, just go to the the your podcast app look for episode two fifty three. Uh, and listen to Marty Baron because it kind of sets the stage for th- this current episode, uh, talking about uh, the NHL goaltending. And today, as we've said, we talked about uh, the, the Habs uh, goaltending prospects. And uh, coincidentally, uh, that Marty Biron interview is pretty popular in-house as well as uh, one of our contributors, Gustav, uh, who's currently living in Gatineau, reached out to us in our Slack group and uh, he left us a pretty nice message as well. Uh, Rick, what did he have to say? Gustav said, uh, that was probably one of my favorite podcasts from the team all time. I love this type of show, news and updates and a deep analysis of a specific topic. Great job and excellent work on getting top quality pod, uh, uh, podcast guests. So thank you. That's uh, very kind words coming from Gustav. And uh, one last one. Uh, I lied. There were actually four messages to get to. And uh, this one comes via text from Logan in Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, what Logan has to say is, uh, been talking to my Habs buds about your draft idea. Take Juracek or Nemitz with the first overall pick last year and Leonard or Benson with number five overall this year. Uh, we're all in and most of us wanted Michkov. So thank you uh, for Logan and uh, appreciate you listening to this podcast. Uh, a lot of people seem to have a lot to, to say about this past draft. Yeah, they they do. And, and I should say uh, the vast majority of our um, text comments from Facebook, wh- wherever it is, we're getting and and emails. We're getting all kinds of messages about Meechkoff, and and they're not um, they're not negative towards uh, David Reinbacker. Um, in fact, there was one uh, email that said, "Listen, I'm not a Reinbacker hater. I'm I I didn't uh, send him any hate messages. I just want to know what happened uh, because I thought we were getting a a, a top offensive um, uh, player here, and and most of them talk about uh, Meechkoff." Um, and wonder how he slipped through. 
Um, we, he's, uh, Logan is talking about the, the idea that I floated a couple podcasts ago. Um, if the, the Canadians had kind of, uh, changed their strategy, uh, we saw that, that, um, you know, this best player available, uh, that, that didn't happen. Uh, last year they, they, they committed to adding size, uh, this year, they were in on David Reinbacker very, very early and, and didn't budge from that uh, throughout. Uh, but I suggested that, that perhaps they reverse it. Uh, take the defenseman last year, uh, either um, Juracek or Nemitz, um, and have that uh, defenseman who has the ability to quarterback a, a, a power play and then bring in uh, offensive talent, bring in a guy with grit uh, and, and scoring ability like Ryan Leonard, um, or or pure offensive talent like Zach Benson, um, the and and you know there's still some that would would have uh, suggested Meechkov with all the baggage that that comes with that. Um, I know that that the that Canadians fans are tr- still trying to figure it out. Um, hopefully the the folks in hockey ops that that made this decision um, that that they are going to be proven right. Uh, but it's going to take some time to see that that happens. Yeah, so appreciate all the messages that uh, we get throughout the week. Uh, like I said, we try to highlight as many as we can sometimes, and uh, just too many to get to. Uh, one thing is clear, a lot of our listeners have uh, really interesting opinions, really interesting questions, and uh, they they tend to think for themselves quite a bit. I think that's fair to say, right, Rick? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we like it that way, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so coming up uh, this week, uh, things to watch out for. Uh, we're still waiting on the signing of RFA Yessa Ulanin. Uh, hopefully that gets done pretty soon, right? Don't hold your breath, but but yes, it's got to happen pretty soon. And uh, for those in Montreal next weekend, uh, between August the 4th and 6th, uh, that's uh, Oshiaga Music Festival. Uh, so plenty of people will be very excited about that. Park John Drapeau, Montre- it's a great event. Oh, yeah. Head down to Park John Drapeau, a wonderful uh, music event. And for those in Montreal this weekend, uh, Le Grand Poutine Fest is happening in Old Port. So uh, make sure you head down there and uh, get yourself a nice traditional Quebecois Poutine. Nice. Maybe Gaden so. Gooley will be down there. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, August the 5th. Amy Johnson's going to be in the hosting chair for that one, and uh, it'll be another great episode. So thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.